What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. We got jo- Jones and Sully on the mic today with Tommy Buns taking another hiatus week. He'll be back in two weeks, uh, but we still got a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's start it off right now with a little bit of NBA and the uh, resurgence of Carmelo Anthony's career out of nowhere, from not signed to Player of the Week in two weeks. What do you, what do you think about this new look, Melo? Or old look, Mello. I'm a little surprised, honestly. I didn't think he had this in him. He's putting up 17 something a game. He's uh, he's accepting his role. He's he's not that he's he's still scoring, but he's not he's not being a ball stopper anymore. He's he's getting assists. He's he's getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, and the and the Blazers are, are are much improved. I think they're five and five in their last ten. Um, I hasn't played ten with them, but I think they've won a few in a row with him. So. He's having a real positive effect. He hasn't. He, I guess he's been good enough defensively, but um, he's he's really been that third scorer they need behind um, the two guards, McCollum and Lillard. Obviously, because Whiteside with Nurkic out, it's Whiteside. He's not an f- offensive threat. They lost a bunch of their bench role players, so he's he's finally filling in that third third scorer from the wing that they've desperately needed for so many years. I mean, last year was Rodney Hood for them, so. He's a huge upgrade right now with the way he's playing over over him. Uh, it's great to see. Is it sustainable? I don't see why not. If, if he's already doing this, he's playing like he's playing significant minutes. He stayed in shape. Um, clearly, he's playing this amount of minutes. So I'm happy for Melo, and, and it looks like I bet you they might get that eight seed. The Suns are are falling apart. So yeah, I mean, the, Por- Portland was a team that had their eye on him since the literally the since the Knicks days when he when when it started to be clear that he wa- he wasn't going to be in New York forever uh they were one of the few teams that had open interest in him and we always said that that Portland would would have been a great landing spot for him if he could kind of mm-hmm. do what he's doing and accept this third role uh and I think he really you know really is like we can knock Melo for uh OKC in Houston, but only for so much looking back. I mean, I think it was really just, uh, it was a bad situation for him, and a lot of that reasoning behind that was out of his control. Um, I mean, no one's, you're talking about putting playing with Harden and Westbrook, like, those guys are meant to play with each other. Like, they, they shouldn't be ruining anyone else's careers. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's nice to see Melo back doing what he's doing, and I think it is. This is sustainable if he's doing this. He's never going to be the twenty-five, you know, point a game top three scorer in the league. Like he's never going to do that anymore. Obviously, at this age. Um, but we, as we've seen in this league, if you can score and you can shoot, you'll you'll have a spot in this league for a long time. And I think Melo's kind of proving that he can do this this new look mellow role for a while. You know, think maybe Paul Pierce on like the Wizards or the or the the Nets type of type of situation where he had like you know he's still a very productive NBA player for four to six years, but was clearly not the number one option. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess Jamal. Tell that to Jamal Crawford though. He's not in the league right now, so that's true. He's also but, what? Four, he's four years older than Melo. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird that he that he really went that long unsigned and now he's he's doing this well so quickly. It's really he, he didn't miss a beat right away. The yeah. first game wasn't great, but ever since second and third game, he's been he's been great. Um, Their ball movement's yeah. been incredible. I was watching that game the other night against the Clippers. They just they're swinging the ball every chance they get. It doesn't stop when it gets to Melo anymore. Yeah, no, he, that's what that's why he's buying in finally because he's never done that. That's the thing. He's never done that. He's always he's always taking his time, taking a ton of dribbles. You know, go in the mid post, get his you know get the mid post jump shot going or. You know, drive to the best, and he's playing relentless. I saw him miss three times, and he got the rebound every time and put it back. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, and that's that's staying in shape, being able to being able to jump quicker than the other person after you're after you're taking a shot. And it's, that's just that's just staying in great shape and having having great um, fast fast muscle fibers. So yeah, I mean, he's 35, but he's really 34 because. He took a year off, you know. You're you're taking a year off, not doing the the 82 game grueling schedule, like with the travel and all that comes with it. Like that yeah. that means a lot. Like it's it's as if you might in terms of like how your career arc. It's as it's as if the year never happened. You know, it's kind of like with Le'Veon Bell and the thing. He's probably got another year of elite running back ability on the back end of his career because he didn't play one year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if this continues, but I think I think Portland was a great landing spot for him. You think he gets a contract, a multi-year contract from him or from them or someone this summer? I don't think they're gonna they're gonna even uh, approach that until uh, how how he plays how he fits in once Nurkic returns. Um, I don't know exactly when that is. It's probably late late in the year, right? Yeah. That's fair, but I mean, I think it's I think it's clear that Melo's price tag is no longer a veteran minimum. It is no, no. you're probably looking at minimum the eight to ten million dollar a year range for the next two or three years if he continues to do this the rest of the way. Yeah, I think I think I think he'll get it late in the year. Um, at this point, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think he will. But I'm not even saying necessarily with Portland. I mean, obviously there'll be an option, yeah, but but I, I someone. see the fit in Portland. I see the fit in Portland. It works. They could, I could see them going as high as the seven seed right now. That's where I could see them. I see them as a seven or eight, bumping Phoenix or Minnesota down or out. I don't think any of the top six teams they could overtake. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest. No one under, going into the year thought Phoenix or Minnesota would be competing for a playoff spot. And I'm, no. and I'm sure most of those people that thought that at the beginning of the year, their opinions haven't changed much. We've seen yeah. we've seen teams do this for. 20 30 game stretches to start the year and then next thing you know they end the year with the seventh pick in the draft yeah so they definitely should be able to send a couple spots um and they're a dangerous team in the playoffs fucking arc i know it's not called arco arena anymore or not arco arena rose garden whatever it is they made it to the western conference finals last year that was their best season motor center yeah it's a tough place to play though portland fans are big any anytime you go into a uh a pro city where that's the only team there it's always a it's always a good fan base you know the Oklahoma yeah. cities of the world uh Portland Utah they're all tough places to play mm-hmm. um but that's all we want to touch upon on on NBA quick uh 
Moving on to, you know, a huge, arguably the biggest day, I mean, to date, the biggest day of the college football season in 2019, probably the second biggest day of the college football season anywhere, uh, is championship game Saturday tomorrow. Uh, we actually have the Pac-12 championship game tonight between Utah and Oregon. Um, let's just kind of run through and see what, like, who do you like, who do, basically, I mean, let's break down the, what the, what each of these means, I guess. So right now we have we have uh, Ohio State and LSU and Clemson are in no matter what. Yeah, they could lose by a hundred and they're both in. Paul Feinbaum doesn't seem to think Clemson Clemson's in, but he's he's delusional. I don't know. He needs to be medicated. Yeah, Clemson's Clemson's in. Um, so basically, the fourth spot is up for grabs. The only teams that could grab that spot are the fourth and final spot. And the seating might be different, but Georgia's one of them with a win with yep. against LSU. They're in with a win. Yeah. And Georgia's interesting because if Georgia wins, they'll go up to number two. They'll enter the college football playoff as the two seed. because You think so for sure? You can't put LSU in front of them, and you're certainly not going to put Clemson with their trash schedule on ahead of them. I know Clemson hasn't lost in a decade, and I know – They've been blowing teams out by forty, but I think it. I think it. I could see LSU possibly being ahead of them by if it's a really close overtime game and they win by three or something like that. I can see LSU still being LSU still being over it or it being a coin flip. But LSU doesn't have the defense, so I would is a case for it. I would think that if it didn't, if the game didn't, wasn't the SEC championship, if because Georgia will have the title. That'll put them ahead. If it was, you know, they played in week five and week six and split, like something like that, then, then it's a different story. But if they, because it's the championship, I don't see how Georgia. I could don't be. see. I don't see Georgia winning. I don't. Yeah, I mean, and Georgia could be three if they lose, but they'll be they'll one hundred percent be ahead of LSU if they win. So that's scenario one. The other one of the other teams that gets in is I is the winner of the Big Twelve championship, either Oklahoma or Baylor. Now that for one of them to get in to get in, Georgia needs to lose. Georgia is the only one with a win in, in scenario, um, and even then, it depends on the situation. What happens in the Pac-12 game tonight between Utah and Oregon? If Utah wins and Oklahoma wins, then you have a conversation. If and kind of same with Baylor, the way it'll probably break out is if let's say Oklahoma and Utah win. Oklahoma probably gets in because their resume is better. They're better. They're re- it's a more it impressive one-win team, and it it's is, Oklahoma. The thing is, is that they've ranked. They know what they're. They 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 factor all this in, and they've had Utah ranked ahead of Oklahoma pretty much the entire year, or the last few weeks ever since Oklahoma had that loss. They've always had Utah ahead of Oklahoma, knowing all those things that we know that they've had a weaker schedule. They haven't beaten the top-ranked opponents. And they're still ranked ahead of them, even going to this last week. I think that means something for what their the committee thinks of Utah. I think they think much higher of them than the public does. And I can't say I agree with that. I can't say I've even seen a ton of Utah, the Utes uh, games. But, um, you know, I think that does account for something. I don't think it's an automatic. I think I think context matters. I think if Utah blows Oregon out and it's a close game with or- Oklahoma or Baylor and Georgia loses, I think Utah might be in. That's fair, and I think I think it is, it is one of those situations where context matters. But if let's say they both win by a touchdown, chances are Oklahoma will get in over Utah. 
but we've seen we've seen the committee go in different directions, so we don't yeah. we don't know. But and then but also if Utah does if wins a squeaker and Baylor convincingly beats Oklahoma, and being they had a huge lead in Oklahoma the first time, they get to revenge their loss against Oklahoma at home where they where they they completely blew it. They blew like a twenty point lead or something uh, crazy. And they really were the better team, and Hurts just went off, and, and they contained them. So then they would have beat Oklahoma convincingly and, and should have won them both both time, both time games, and that was their only loss. And Utah struggles. I think Baylor does have a path that way. No, yeah, Baylor, Baylor definitely has a path. But basically outside of those teams, no one else, no one else can get in. And if they can get in mathematically, they don't deserve to be there, in my opinion. Yeah, the next closest one, you got, like, Wisconsin with two losses. Don't talk to me. Yeah, two loss Penn teams, State. essentially. Right. No two-loss team has ever made the playoff. Um, so you'd have to... And it's impossible for there to be no... There's Did impo- Al- it's, didn't it's, Alabama lose two? Yeah, Alabama lost two. Um, it, it, what I'm no, saying I is... Meant, I meant in, in the year... No, the no, they year? lost one. They only lost oh. to Auburn... And they, because of that loss to Auburn, they didn't play in the SEC championship. So they were a one-loss team with no championship. And they mm-hmm. got in over... And it's the timing of the loss. Yeah. That that that, that, screwed, that, that could have screwed them. It was them or Ohio State getting in that year. And yeah. they got in for... I mean, people were up in arms because they thought Alabama was finally done. But they went on. They won the championship. So they were the committee made the right decision. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's tonight and Saturday night is, is going to be some great, great games, uh, college football, but moving on. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I can't wait. It's one of the best, one of the best, uh, nights of the year for sports in my opinion. Um, but moving on, we have MLB winter meetings coming up and everyone's talking about free agents. So we figured we'd run through some free agents and give our, picks and predictions and reasonings maybe on where we think uh, these big free agents will land. It's a pretty solid class, I would say, at the top, but I wouldn't call it a deep class. Um, but it does have, obviously it has its names. It has, you know, the, the Rendon, Strasburg, Cole, probably easily the three uh, the three top free agents, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's a, uh, I'd, I'd say a pretty stark drop off after that. But there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of middle of the road guys that that can definitely be contributors to teams uh, this coming year. So let's uh, run through. I guess we'll start at the top uh, with Rendon. Do you think there's any chance he leaves the Nationals? Do you think it's likely he leaves or likely he stays? And who who's a free agent suitor if he does leave? Well, it's really it is really tough to. When you have so much, there's so much flexibility of it's so early on a free agency. It's tough because one move can change everything. But they came out and said the Nats owner came out and said that they're not keeping both of them. They can't afford to do both of them, both of them, both keep both of them, which is obviously understandable. So, both as in Rendon and Strasburg. Yes. So, so I'm pretty confident they'll keep one of them. I, I do. I I do think they'll keep one of them, and I think. Um, Rendon is more likely to stay, so I wouldn't be shocked if Rendon stays. Um, I think Rendon loves it there. Not to say Strasburg doesn't, but I think Rendon loves it there. Um, he's the guy now. It's not, you know, it's not Harper. He's the guy. He's the offensive threat. He's a good defender. He he's he's the leader. He's the quiet leader in that clubhouse for the guys like Robles and Soto. 
it clicks, it works. I just he's I just also see two years younger. Yeah, younger. He, he's better defender. He's pretty much better than Harper in every way. And the na- and and I think that's why they let Harper go, or they gave him the offer with the deferred monies because they knew. Rendon is the guy they really wanted to go for. I know he did have an exceptional year. No one was expecting the year he did have, but Rendon's the guy they wanted to keep. He's the more complete player, the smarter player, doesn't strike out as much, plays much better defense, but less emotional. Shows, you know, isn't isn't controversial star. He's always doing the right thing. Um, out of the limelight in that regard with extra noise. So I think I think Rendon has a good chance of staying. Or I, I'm hearing the Phillies. Phillies want him too, so God, I hope they don't do that. But I don't know. I hope it's not the NL East versus everyone else this year, like it was last year in free agency. Yeah, I mean, the NL East is seems like everyone's making moves except you guys. Well, right now we can't do much. Right now we can't do much uh, until until Mister uh, Cohen comes in charge or starts funneling money in the next couple of years. I mean. I mean, we'll get to one of the relievers I think the Mets might make a run at a little bit when we get to him. But I, th- I think we're going to make – you got Jake Marisnik, who's a better Juan Lagares. It's a nice small move. Yeah, it was a nice small move. I agree. Nice small move. He's you know he's a good platoon player, fast, great fielder. So um, I like that move. But um, I think the Mets led some – maybe one more position player, uh, rotation, and then – a couple uh, relievers, but Rendon, I, I would have to say probably Phillies or Nats, but I think he stays at the Nats. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, and I think, like you mentioned before, I think it's one of those moves that could be a domino effect type move on on other guys. Um, we won't, I won't say who I think, uh, who, how it really could affect him, but it may be a guy like Didi or Donaldson. Um, Whereas if a team misses out on on Rendon, maybe that's your kind of your next your plan B. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe the you know teams aren't if the Phillies miss out on Rendon, maybe you know they turn to Didi or Donaldson as a as a next option. Um, but I'm with you. I think he ultimately stays with the Nationals. Although it is it is worrisome that they say they know they can't sign two because there is some affinity with Strasburg being the Nationals like number one overall pick that they picked and bred and kind of really um, mm-hmm. brought along, you know. So I, I there's, there is a special connection there in that way, but we'll see. Um, a lot of people are saying they don't want think Strasburg will leave, but, I mean, if they can't sign both, who, who knows? I think it'll be who – if someone throws a stupid contract at either of them, they're going to be forced to, you know, let them walk. Which, yeah, let them walk. Which could very well happen. Um, all right. So moving on to the, the ace of the free agent class, Garrett Cole. With the Astros clearly uh didn't look, out of it. Yeah, did not look like he was a fan of being in Houston anymore at the end of the season. Um and I'm who knows what's happening with their whole cheating scandal, the ass asterisk asterisks. Um, yeah, not only that makes I mean I I would I think the Mets have as good a chance as the Astros do, to be honest, and that and that's zero chance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, yeah. even before that came out, he was his. But he I think said he it all still, in his interview. I think he was still the third. I think the Astros still were probably like the third choice. Yeah, that's fair. I think they. I I think it's clearly now it's the Angels, Yankees. Take your pick. Uh, both can are going to throw the money at him. 
Um, Yankees have the better team, better chance to win rings. He obviously grew up in, in the West Coast. He says there's no West Coast bias towards the Yankees, but I don't know if I believe that even just because why would he say that to someone? You're not going to want to say negative things in a meeting. Um, you're going to want to schmooze them as well as they're trying to schmooze you. So I, I think it's a toss-up right now. I never really do think he goes to the Angels um, because of uh, Madden, and I think another big bat will join him, whether it's Donaldson or someone else to go with uh, Trout. And they do have a ton of money to spend. They're willing to spend it. But the Yankees are right there. Either way, 1A, 1B. Um, I, 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 my gut is – my I've been I, – I thought it's been – would be the Angels for the last three or four months, and I'm not hopping off that. But the Yankees have just as good a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you know I'm right along the lines with you. Um, he did grow up in in the L.A. area, but he also grew up a Yankees fan, um, and I think that he grew up both fans. They said Angels and uh, Yankees. Well, I don't I don't appreciate someone being a fan of two teams. I don't I don't like that. Maybe I don't want to sign him now. Uh, yeah, that's not, not. You can't trust a person that's like that. Um, yeah. No, but all joking aside, yeah, I, I think it's it's a pretty toss. I I think you got to throw the Dodgers in there too. I think the I only do, yeah. the only reason yeah. you might not want to is or why you might have them a little a step back of those of the Yankees and Angels is pro, is they've clearly been trying to shed cap um, the last two years. You know, we all thought last summer they were or last winter they were making those deals, you know, the Puig deal to shed cap to be able to sign Harper or at least make a run at Harper and. It was turned out they were just trying to save some fucking money, uh, so maybe they're doing it like this. Um, the reason I the reason I think he ultimately signs with the Yankees is one the the lore. I think the lore gets to him the way it got to CC, um, who also was dead set on going back west when before he signed with the Yankees, and uh, and second his they're gonna have a better chance to win over the next six years than the Angels are. The Angels could sign the top four free agents in this class, and the Yankees have a better chance to win with Cole than the Angels do with Cole. Um, so if that's truly something that matters to him, yes. And I think it's also clear that Steinbrenners have given Cashman the green light to kind of, get, you know, they had a meeting with him, bring him back. You know, you're going to meet with him, bring him back. I don't, I don't care what the number on the check says, get him in pinstripes type of thing and I, I I haven't had that type of feel about a free agent or no free agent has been given that type of feel since Wait, yeah breaking news sorry to interrupt you but Knicks have just fired David Fisdale oh scorching news wow coming at you live I was gonna bring this up I thought and I was gonna say I think he's gonna be I, th- I think he's gonna be fired this week but fired canned wow I mean, you can't blame him. can't blame him. I want to go, since this is breaking news, I want to go on record right now. I cannot wait for fucking LeBron and Wade and all these motherfuckers to come out in defense of Fisdale saying the Knicks are trash, the Knicks can't get anything right, and put all the blame on the organization when Fisdale, who I was, I don't know a bigger proponent and fan of Fisdale when he came to the Knicks, and I have watched him incessantly run this team into the ground on the court. I am shocked. I was stunned at how bad of a play caller and offensive coach this guy was. How bad at managing minutes, managing rotations. He, just, he didn't do. He didn't do well. 
He had one winning season in Memphis. He had one line. Take that for data. 43-39. and 39. That was his big whoop-de-doo season in the playoffs. Yeah. And so that, that was a, a, a down year from what they were. Is he a bad coach now? No, he's not a bad coach. I mean, but is he is he a great for head coach? No, I don't. That's 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 the difference. He 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 was great with the Miami Heat. He has a place. He has a role. But he might have a ceiling, and and head coach may not be something right now that he should probably go back and take an assistant job somewhere. He's a great assistant, but yeah, I mean, they didn't construct the team well. He didn't do well. Building the team. I mean, after the Bucks game where they lost by 15, he said he basically just said like, "Yeah, I, every game I thought we had a chance to win. We, I don't think we had a chance to win this game." Once you say that publicly, you're done. You can't say that, even if it's true. You can't say we just didn't have a chance. Yeah, I know and... the Bucks are incredible. You can't you can't say that as the coach because then it trickles down to the players and says, "Wow, damn, he really thinks we're that bad." Like we, it's just it's such a negative aura right now against the Knicks. They had to. They had to get rid of him right now. Yeah, it, it needed to be done. But yeah, I, I just wanted to be on record predicting that that uh Yeah, I, call I said, and it will be it'll be laughably untrue, is what I'm saying. He has the worst win percentage in Nick's history as well, two oh two. Worst win percentage. Yeah. So you can't defend someone at that point. It is one hundred percent his fault. And I I'm not saying this offseason was great and it was what we wanted, but when you sign the players that you signed you should not be worse. And drafted R.J. Barrett, who is very good. You should not be worse record-wise than you were last season. That Knicks team was bad in every way, shape, or form. We didn't have a guy half as good as Julius Randle on last year's team. Yeah, you should. And we don't have. We didn't have a guy better than R.J. Barrett on last year's team. We. I'm not saying the Knicks were should have been great, but they should have. They should have been or should be a 30 to 35 win team. And they are not even close to that right now. Yeah, it's it's just embarrassing. But but we digress, and yes. we are back at baseball. Back at baseball. Um, but yes, uh, my my prediction is is Cole signs with the Yankees uh, for many of the same reasons CC did. I think the the culture, the the pinstripes, the aura gets to him, and and it's going to be to a point where uh, uh, he, the Yankees Cashman says to Boris, "What's the number?" and put it on the check and put your name under under this line on the contract yeah. and that's it. Um and I I think the the relationship between the Yankees and Boris can't go understated here because it is a long-standing and successful relationship all the way back. I mean, you're talking about before A-Rod and A-Rod was once A-Rod came it it really blossomed, but um they they've worked together a whole bunch and I'm sure that they they've had plenty of conversations on and how know each knows how each other works. Um, so that's why I'm ultimately going to say he goes to the Yankees. Um, but if he does, I, I could see the Nationals then do. Or I mean, the Angels then doing something big for for Strasburg because Strasburg's a San Diego kid. San Diego, you know, yeah. it's, it's not L.A., but it's it's close enough. So who knows? Um, that could very and, and maybe Bumgarner. Bumgarner yeah. is one of those guys. I mean, we can just transition to Bumgarner, but he's one of those guys that, who knows? Um, we've heard everything from staying to the Giants to the Yankees to the NL Central to the the, the NL East. Like, we've heard I think, everything. I think it's Cardinals for Strasburg. I think... For Strasburg think, or Bumgarner? Oh, sorry. Bumgarner. Okay. I like that. Oh, wait. We were going with Strasburg. We're, no, we're going with Bumgarner. Oh, we're going with Bumgarner. I think, oh, I think Bumgarner goes to the Cardinals. I think it's... 
I think it's a near lock. I don't know why, but I just I think these veteran players um, they just they have no problem. They love playing for the Yankees of the of the National League pedigree wise. It's the Cardinals. Yeah. It's it's the uniform. It's you know St. Louis. Is, it's nothing crazy, but it's just they win there time after time. They've produced so many amazing players. Goldschmidt went. You know Goldschmidt went there. You know they they have Ozuna. He's another free agent, but they get they get great veteran players all the time. They got guys like Matt Carpenter and. Think about Matt Holiday. They signed him. Brought him. Brought yeah. him a title. Yeah, Matt Holiday. I mean, it's just it's just I could just see it being a fit. That no one's gonna object to going to the Cardinals. I they need they do need they do need an ace. They other than Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty's great, but Wainwright you can't rely on him. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Wainwright too, but only he's better and younger. So um, Wainwright doesn't have much time left. I think they they're gonna go for it. They need they, they know they need another starting pitching ace. So I th- I think I'll end up with the Cardinals. That's a good one. Um. Just to just to differentiate, uh, see who I could say. Do you think there's any chance he goes to the Dodgers? Or is that too much rivalry? No, I have another good one though. I I think the Braves is another good spot. I was thinking the Braves. I didn't know yeah, if they I, would be willing to pony up for it, but they, and the Braves even more so need one. I mean, their starters were hurting. They 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 started they, they started just, Dallas. They Michael. just gave uh they just gave Hamels eighteen million. I forgot about that. They did, but it's only one year. That's true. Hamels isn't Hamels isn't an ace, but they needed to re- rework that entire staff because all they had they had they had their rookie Sor- uh, Soroka who couldn't pitch at home, so for whatever fucking weird reason, so he couldn't pitch. They had Keuchel, who I think is, eh, if he's your ace, that's terrible. They had Max Fried, who had an okay rookie year. They had Julio Tehran. That pitching staff was atrocious. Yeah. I mean, for a playoff team, atrocious. So. Hamels doesn't fix the problem. He just makes it better. I mean, you got Soroka, Hamels. You give you get Bumgarner in there. Now that's a legit playoff cali- World Series caliber staff right there. You got Bumgarner one, ha- maybe Soroka's the two, and then uh, three, you got Hamels. Okay, now we can start talking there. Yeah. So I, I think that's another good fit for him. All right, um... In the in the interest of time, let's just run down a few more and just just give me a team, maybe a sentence on on why. Yeah. Um, Didi Gregorius. Didi Gregorius. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, where do you you go first on Didi? I think. I think I think the I think uh, the scenario plays out that I said before, where the the Phillies miss out on Rondon, Rendon, and get uh, Didi. I think the Mets are actually a sneaky, sneaky uh, spot for him as well. You think? But yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go Phillies. You go Phillies. Um, this is a shot in the dark. I'll say Brewers because they need a shortstop. It's fine. All right, uh, Marcelo Ozuna. Ozuna? Yeah. How about... No, they're not going to... I was thinking Cubs, but I don't... 
Maybe not. You know what? Ozuna, the Padres. I like it. I'll go with uh, a team that needs offense badly, the Cincinnati Reds. They got Moustakas. That ain't enough. Yeah, I know, but that would would be a good addition. Yeah. Um, Donaldson. Yeah, Donaldson. There's another guy. I like Donaldson and I, I, I... I like Donaldson in Milwaukee, too, now that Moustakas is gone. I think Donaldson goes to the American League just to be able to play DH as he gets older, um, especially yeah. if he's signing a three- or four-year deal. Um, so I say Donaldson, maybe the like someone like the Rangers or even the back to the Blue Jays. I know they have Vlad at third, but like if he can kind of just be a spot starter throughout the infield and and DH there. Um, the Blue Jays isn't the Blue Jays are an up and coming team, or they're going to be. Yeah, and yeah, with in Biggio as well. So I do like the Blue Jays. He proves his worth. He could go back there. He's really a wild card. Yeah, he could return to the Braves. I wouldn't rule that out. That's true. Um, who else we got here? Uh, guy, I know you want to talk about Dylan Batances. Dylan Batances, I think the Mets got him. I, I think, think the Mets a good... is. A, I think it's a good pairing because he'll get his money, but he's not going to get what he would get. I don't know what the what I don't know what the market exactly is. I would think it's six to eight million. Um, I think per year. I don't think it's anything crazy. I think if he did perform was healthy, it would be well over ten million a year, just because of his dominance, his height his stuff, but I think the Mets is a good fit because we can't spend a ton of money. He'd be a good bargain, but he'd still be making a good amount and can stay in New York. Yeah, I think don't that think means the Yankees are going to really pursue him much. I don't. I, I think the Yankees are more interested in a guy like Blake Trinan. Um, maybe he could have a bounce back year, but you, you think so too? Yeah, I like the Mets as well. I, think the, I don't think the Yankees are entirely out on him, but I think they have a number in their mind. Um and He's it, just not a priority to them. He's exactly, like exactly, five. exactly. Yeah, like I, I'd say DD. I think DD over Batances to return. Okay, yeah. I don't, that's another thing. I think people are completely shooting down the. They thought like you know. Well, people think he's gone because of Lindor, but Lindor is not a. I mean, that's not. That's just a. Well, no, yeah. because you could still you still put uh, Torres. I think people think he's gone because of Andujar and Gio, because you got to play one of them. Whether, you know, depending on if you keep or trade one of them, one of them's going to be playing third. And then you move Torres to second. And, I mean, Torres to short. short and and LeMayhew plays second. Because I just, I don't like Torres at short personally. He, he makes a lot of errors at short. That's fair. It's weird because that's his natural position. Yeah, and he's second's a lot easier. He, he does it better. But, yeah, I mean, he could return. I could see him moving somewhere else, but... But yeah, Batances, I think it's a good match. I think he'd really I think it'd be very significant for our team because I think Diaz will get back. Familia, I have no clue, honestly. I think Diaz will bounce back. Um you know, I don't I don't think he'll be as great as he was. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was. I think it'll maybe next year. I think his ERA will be in the low threes or something. I think it'll be something good, but not incredible. So but I mean, if if you you, you got Diaz, Batances, you keep Lugo in the pen, Gazelman, uh, then they got something. They got a pen there. Then, yeah, 
All right, last one before we move on to our NFL. Uh, Ryu, Dodgers. Andrew Ryu, uh, I think he returns to the Dodgers. I do too. I think they miss out on on the big three pitchers, and and they're stuck bringing him back on a two or three year deal. Yeah, they haven't given a five, uh, five over a five year contract in like I forgot how many years. It's it's some like no name that busted for them. So that's going to be the issue when it comes to. Sh- Guys like Strasburg and Cole, they're not going to want to give up that five-plus-year contract, which they're aiming for. So Ryu isn't going to demand that. I mean, you could see something like Ryu for, I don't know, three years, $60 million. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, all right, well, let's move on to uh, our NFL picks for Week 14 and uh, close this out. Um I actually don't know what I, what I did last week. I'll have to update in the... In the bio here of this episode, um, I, had, but, I had a bad week. I was one and three for the second time. Oh boy, um, I think we had a we had a couple of similar picks, so I'll have to double check. But uh, let's let's move on to week fourteen and see what we got for for this week and what are we thinking? I got one. One I got is uh, I got the Bills plus six and a half at home against the Ravens. I think the Bills. The Bills, if Vegas doesn't really like the Bills. Um, they, they embarrass the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys aren't the Ravens, but the Bills are at home. So you figure that means they think they're nine and a half. They think the Ravens are nine and a half points better than the uh, Bills on a neutral field. I don't agree with that. I think the Bills defense, I think with the Bills defense, when they're getting that many points, you need to take it. Six and a half points is a lot. I mean, if you want to buy a half point, get to seven. Love it. I think Lamar will struggle at times. I think it'll be a little bit of a chess match between their defense and the and Bill's defense and Lamar. So plus six and a half there, I, I do like that. Um my second one is uh like the Jets. Actually my I, I can't believe I'm taking the Jets again. I I really shouldn't, but I like the Jets minus five in a revenge game. I, I think uh, people are throwing the the Jets. I took the the Jets last week against the Bengals, and they they burned me. And I took the Jets the week before against the, or a couple weeks ago against the Skins, and and they paid off for me. But they won three in a row, and now everyone's saying it's for nothing, and because they got blown out by the Bengals, who are winless, the second winless team that was, zero and seven or worse, first time in NFL history it's happened. So the Jets are really embarrassed. They might be without Jamal Adams, but. They're at home this time, and I think they're just going to come out. I think I love Sam Donald's poise. Um, I think he's going to be a great leader for this team. So I think I think he's going to right the ship offensively, and and just we need to run the ball more. But um, I think I think he I think we will. I think I think we cover there. Um, and then for the third one, I'm going to go with Saints uh, minus two. Against the Niners, that's I think the Saints are better than the Niners. That's one I had. That's our one shared. Um, all right. Yeah. So an over under. And then, and, and then the over under. I'm gonna go. Um, I'll go under Chiefs Pats 49. I'm gonna go. I'm taking the under there. I think it'll be both defenses are really. I think the Chiefs defense is very underrated, and I think they will. Uh, I think they'll pull it out. I think the Chiefs are gonna win. That's another bet I did like, but I think the I think the Chiefs don't put up a ton of points. I think it's like a 24-17 Chiefs win. I like it. I like it. Um, staying with that Chiefs game, I'm uh, I'm going with the Chiefs plus three and a half. 
I think, especially if you can get that hook. Uh, I think the Chiefs kind of smell blood in the water with the Patriots, who have averaged 18 points a game over their last four, I believe, two and two in that stretch, um, beaten by the Texans and the and the Ravens. I just think the Patriots look bad. Um, Tom Brady looks bad, and he does. I, I I don't know for if you're gonna give a game planner like Andy Reid, someone who's that good. Um, this situation on a Patriots team that they're going to have to, the defense is going to have to step up and really limit the, the, um, chiefs offense. Because if, if the chiefs offense puts up a normal day, this Patriot offense isn't keeping up with them. So it's, if this turns into, and I think if the chiefs get to 21, 24, you can, you can book this one. Um, yeah, as a win for the chiefs, let alone a cover. So, Chiefs plus three and a half. I'm also going with, I know it's a trap line. It seems like a trap line, but I'm taking the Steelers minus three. The Arizona Cardinals have not been playing well of late. And this this Steelers team is in the playoff hunt, and they know this is one of their two winnable games out of the next four. And they need to win at least two to get into the playoffs. Um, so, I, 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 see, I see the Steelers coming away with a win. Duck Hodges, continuing the legend. Um, so, yeah, Steelers minus three. And one that we are sharing is the Saints minus two. Like you said, I think they're flat out mm-hmm. just the better team. Their defense is playing much better of late. Avenge the loss against the Falcons on Thanksgiving Day. So I'm going with Drew Brees to, to cover the two at home in the Superdome uh, against the, the Niners D, which is still a little banged up. It's not uh it's not fully healthy right now. Not to say that they're a bad defense because of it. Still a top tier defense, but they do have some some injuries there. So I'll take the Saints uh in that one. And then my do- my over under, I'm going to take the over 46 in the Dolphins Jets game. Uh both these teams have been putting up have had decent games offensively uh in the past few weeks. Fitz Fitzmagic coming back around a little bit. So I'll take I'll take each of these teams to get twenty three points. I'm fine like with that, that too. So yeah, Chiefs plus three and a half, Steelers minus three, Saints minus two, Dolphins Jets over forty six. That is it. We don't That's... have to, we'll have to put Tommy's picks in the in the uh, bio here or the description of this episode. But that is going to do it for us, ladies and gents. Thank you for listening as always, and please check us out on every social media you got from YouTube to Facebook to Twitter to. Instagram, Bleacher Fan or Bleacher Fan Sports, you'll find us. Until next week, good night.